Praise the Lord. Well, tonight I want to speak on the helmet of salvation. Clean up some lingering things in my spirit. I want to remind us tonight how important it is to guard our thoughts and deal properly with our thoughts. This warfare is always upon us. The helmet of salvation tonight, the Bible says, take the helmet of salvation. Put on the helmet of salvation. You wear a helmet to protect your head. Spiritually speaking, to protect our mind. And so we take up the armor of God. And the Lord wants, I believe, to uh, instill this word in us tonight. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, 13 to 17. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Arrows fly through the air. And the Bible says that the wicked one shoots arrows, fire-tipped arrows. They are intended to burn us. Arrows fly through the air. Thoughts fly through the air. The enemy shoots fiery darts. Demonic agents drop thoughts into the mind. And the Bible says that we are to have on the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation will protect our mind. It'll protect our head. And with the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, we are able to bring down the demonic thoughts that come against us. Our thoughts are critical in the outworking of our faith because there is a spiritual war and the battle is in primarily the realm of thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5 For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into or bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, bringing every thought into captivity. The Bible is that specific. We need to discern every thought. The enemy uses thoughts. That's what he sends out against us. And if we think that we cannot be affected, we are being very short-sighted. We need to have our guard on day and night. Ephesians 4.27 says, Nor give place to the devil. Give no opportunity to the devil. Give him no room in your mind. Don't let him get a foothold. Bring every thought, the Bible says, into captivity. There is so much clear warning in Scripture concerning this aspect of our life and the outworking of our life before the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 8-9 
Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brothers and sisters in the world. Your adversary goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The enemy comes with suggestions, he comes with questionings, he comes with thoughts, with voices, with words. He's dropping words, he's dropping thoughts. Right from the beginning, Genesis chapter 3 and 1, the first words of Satan in the Bible, the first activity and action of Satan in the Bible, yea, has God said? That's what he does. He comes with enticing words, stirring thoughts, questionings, some accusations. He came against the character of God, and he came directly against the Word of God. I believe that we are well studied by the powers of darkness, and that the enemy agents know the particular tendencies and weaknesses of every person. And that is why the Bible is so clear that we must bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Be sober, be vigilant. Stand for God. Stand in the battle. Be vigilant on every point because the enemy goes about like a roaring lion. We cannot, be, we cannot be too clear on this in our lives. We must watch ourselves and watch our thoughts and discern everything that's coming all day long and, evening in, and even into the night. Hath God said, questioning the word, something against the word, some accusation, some thought. It's astounding to me with this level of warfare going on against our lives, how casual some Christians are when it comes to their spiritual state. Well, there are some arresting scriptures tonight. I mean, every time I read these scriptures, I kind of take a step backwards and think about them. And the first is John 13, 2. The Bible says, And supper being ended, the devil, having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. A thought went into Judas' heart. Put there, the Bible says, by the devil. He wasn't thinking about betraying Christ, but one day the devil put a thought, an accusation, a questioning, maybe a discontent in the heart of Judas. It went into him. Now, the devil can't force us to think a certain way. He doesn't have that power. But he does have suggestion. He does have influence. He initiates. He instigates. He knows the heart of man. He knows the weakness. And he sows seeds of discouragement, betrayal, doubt, anger, strife breach of covenant, mistrust, suspicion, fears, anxieties. He sows these in the heart. Now, while it is true that 
Many of these can be aligned and related to the flesh life, the sinful principle that still remains in our humanity until the day we go to be with the Lord. There's a sin principle in us. There's that human Adamic nature that lingers even though we're born again and redeemed. We fight that battle in this world and many things can be aligned in that. But even though that be true, we know that the enemy would play on the human nature. The Bible is clear on that. And he instigates and he suggests and he drops things in and he's working with these burning arrows and he's shooting arrows through the air and enemy agents are trying to drop thoughts and suggestions and mischief and different accusations and suspicions into our heart and mind. The enemy is active. He goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Things as innocent, maybe you're, you know, you think about it. You're watching some programming, or a young person is watching some programming, or a child is watching some programming. And it seems innocent enough, but all of a sudden the enemy is there dropping in some suggestions. Pleasure of sin, immorality, maybe some strife in the relationship, maybe there's some mistrust in the heart, maybe there's some complaint in the spirit, and the enemy is there to play on the thoughts to use the mediums that are about us all day long to try and create something. Isn't that amazing? And you know it's true. Sometimes you get caught up in thinking, what am I thinking? Maybe there was just something that triggered a thought and all of a sudden, wow. Is that just me? Is that just my flesh? Or am I being attacked right now? Is there a pressure of the enemy? Are there some enemy agents that are working on my spirit right now. I love the words of Terry Law. If thoughts come in directly through the world's entertainment system, the ultimate source is the satanic world order. If the thoughts are triggered by the flesh, they are also traced indirectly to Satan through the fall of Adam and Eve. I think that's worth rereading, don't you? If thoughts come indirectly through the world's entertainment system, the ultimate source is the satanic world order. If the thoughts are triggered by the flesh, they are also traced indirectly to Satan through the fall of Adam and Eve. Bring every thought into captivity. Let's not walk around so unsuspectingly. We have an enemy. Be sober. Be vigilant. Fight the good warfare. Make sure you have the helmet of salvation on your head. My mind needs to be, to be protected. And if there's any thought that comes against me, I'm going to bring it down by the shield of faith. I'm going to take up the word of God, the sword of the spirit. Every thought. Acts 5. How about this scripture? The early church moving in power. Acts 5, 1 to 5, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And keep back part of the price. 
Why has Satan filled your heart? A thought went in. We committed something. We went overboard. I don't want to give that much anymore. I know I made a commitment to the Lord, but I'm going to keep part of it back now. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? You didn't have to sell it. And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Conceived. A thought went in. Conception took place. And what happened? Satan filled their heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last so great fear came upon all those who heard these things. The judgments of the Lord in a church that was moving in power. A lie. Being dishonest to the Holy Spirit. Satan putting thoughts and those thoughts began to grow and increase in the heart. A lie to the Holy Spirit. A man and his wife, and the same thing happened to her. She was struck down in the judgments of the Lord. It seems so severe to us, but let God be true, and every man a liar. A commitment made with their finances, and then they pulled back. And the thought came into their heart, it's no big deal. If we don't follow through now, Let's just hold some of our funds back and represent ourselves as if we gave the whole thing. A thought came into their life. Satan filled their heart, and they fell under the judgments of God. Acts chapter 8, 9 to 24. Philip was down in Samaria preaching the gospel. Many were being saved. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God, a higher power. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, saved and water baptized. And he continued with Philip walking along under the teaching, walking along under the miracle power of God. And he was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. Salvation, water baptism, baptism in the Holy Ghost. It couldn't be clearer. 
They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. There was some evidence. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. The thought of your heart, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. And Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of these things, none of the things which you have spoken, may come upon me. Is it possible for a person that is born again and baptized in water to have a thought of Satan lodged in their heart and to be overcome by bitterness and be bound? in a bond of iniquity and lawlessness? Well, obviously so. Here's a man, born again, baptized, risen to new life in Christ, walking along with the evangelist Philip, seeing signs and wonders, so amazed. But a thought came into his heart, and Peter addressed it. A thought of covetousness came into him. One thought of covetousness. He had been formerly, before he was born again, a great man in the city. Well revered, honored. This man has the power of God. He could do things with magical arts and demonic spirits. The people were impressed. But now he was stripped and humbled. He was just a man like everyone else in the city. And there was a desire in him. He was covetous for the ministry. A thought came in for popularity, for fame, for renown again. And Peter discerned it. And he spoke out so straight and so forward. The thought that has come into your heart, Simon. And Simon, convicted by the word of Peter, cried out, pray for me. Pray for me that I may be forgiven. I trust that we will be as quick to repent as Simon was when a thought gets into our heart that is not of God and not of the Holy Spirit. And we say, that is not of God in me. That is not of God in me. That is an enemy thought. Lord, I surrender. Hallelujah. Matthew 16, 21 to 23. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. You're the political Messiah. You're the one we've been waiting for. You're going to conquer Rome. You're going to restore Israel. We're going to rule the world with you. Far be it from you. What are you talking about? crucified and killed. This shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful 
You right now do not have a mind for the things of God, but for the things of men. Get thee behind me, Satan. Now we all know that Satan means adversary. Get thee behind me, adversary. But I don't think that Jesus was ad addressing Peter in first place. He was addressing Satan, who had put a thought into Peter's mind. It was a thought that came against the purpose of God in the life of Christ. Get thee behind me, Satan. Peter, right now, you don't have a mind for the things of God. You have a mind for the things of men. That's how quickly a thought can come in. Now think about it. Peter had just said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Wow, what a God thought that was. And Jesus said, Flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you, but my Father in heaven, you've been searching me out. You've been asking your Father if I'm the Messiah, if I'm the Son of God, and you've been praying, and the Lord has ministered to you, and the Holy Spirit has ministered to you, and you have this confession, Jesus Christ, this man is Lord. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. One moment, a powerful faith declaration, and the next moment... He verbalized a thought from Satan. Wow. Do you know how careful we have to be? Terry Law again. There is a truth here that all Christians should keep in mind. Even at the times of our greatest faith, our minds are still susceptible to the thought attacks hurled at us from Satan. One moment to the next. Isn't it amazing what we can say one moment and what we can say the next? we got to discern. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Men of God that have been mightily used of God. It is astonishing to see the sins of the flesh that they could fall into. And sometimes soon after the ministry anointing and the meeting was over. Put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the helmet of salvation. Guard every thought. Bring every thought into captivity. Then there's Matthew 13, 18 to 19. Jesus said, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, that is, they don't allow it. It doesn't have time yet to get into their understanding. See, that's our part. Let's get it into our stand, understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. Here comes a word. Words coming over the people. When anyone hears the word of God and does not understand it, open their heart, work with that word, get it into their spirit, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. It's very clear that the enemy wants to steal the seed. He wants to steal the preaching. He wants to steal the promises of God. He is quick to snatch away the word of God before it can get into the understanding. He's at work. He's at work stealing the preaching. Stealing the message on Sundays. 
working away, working away. People that fall asleep in church, the mind wanders. They're off in some other part of the world when the word of God is going across. The people of the Lord, a mind distracted, their hearing falls off. Walk out of church, no recollection of the message of what God spoke. It's just gone. Just gone. I concur with those that say that demonic activity against the people of God wraps up on Saturday and Saturday evening, especially and Sunday morning. to keep the believers away from the house of God, to keep them from fellowship, to keep them from honoring and worshiping the Lord, because Satan hates when people worship the Lord. Some thought comes in, some other thing, business to do, somebody to see. Thoughts of the enemy. It's been noted by preachers, and I'm sure by every one of you, because of some of, some of you have told me from time to time, but. I say, man, from my experience, how ramped up the enemy attack can be sometimes on a preacher on a Saturday evening and against the people of God. The enemy's there to steal the seed, keep us from the house of God, keep us away from the word of God. People come in to church, but church doesn't come in to them, doesn't get into the understanding. How important to guard our thoughts, not let the enemy steal, but also to ward against him. Well, Hebrews 4.12, let's have the worship team come. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, the thoughts of the heart, our protection against the thoughts of the enemy is the Word of God. And when we know the Word of God and we're continually being renewed in the Word of God and we sit under the preaching of the Word and the teaching of the Word of God and we meditate in the Word day and night, we are quick to discern the counterfeit. That's an enemy thought. That's against me. That's trying to put doubt in me. That's putting fear in me. And we wore away. And we cast down the enemy thoughts. Isaiah chapter 8, 19 to 20. And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony. That's the Bible. To the law and to the word of God. If they do not speak... If those mediums and wizards and whisperers and mutterers, if they not, do not speak according to this word of God, it is because there is no light in them. There is no light in them. And so we receive the word of God. Hallelujah. Guard our thoughts. Put on the helmet of salvation. You know, I heard it many years ago, and I kind of like it. The enemy has two main purposes. One, to keep you from getting saved. Is there anyone here tonight that isn't saved? 
the enemy of your soul, the devil, Satan, the ruler of this world, the god of this world, the satanic order, the world system. Satan is doing everything he can to keep you from getting saved, from bowing your knee to Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, asking forgiveness of sins, and rising up to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. The devil will do everything and anything he can to keep you from getting saved. Well, if you don't know the Lord tonight, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary is going about seeking to devour. It's time to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. It's time to give your heart to Jesus Christ. This is no joke. This spiritual warfare, this world, this life is no joke. This is for time and eternity. The stakes are high, and that's why the battle is so real. Well, two purposes of Satan. One, to keep you from getting saved. Number two, if you do get saved, to keep you as miserable as possible. And that's why he buffets and badgers and tempts and tries, aggravates the saints, accuses the saints, wars against the saints. But we know Psalm 17, verse 4, don't we? By the word of your lips, Lord, by the word of your lips, your God thoughts I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. Let's stand together tonight and offer ourselves to the Lord. If you need prayer tonight, if you don't know Jesus and you want to accept him as Savior and Lord, please slip out from where you are. The altars are open. Space at the front here. People will pray for you. Anyone has a need. But right now, let's give ourselves to the Lord and let's wise up in the battle. Every thought, every thought, I need the helmet of salvation. Every thought, every suggestion. When I'm watching programming, when I'm driving down the road, when I see billboards and signs, flashing all over the city, and the enemy is using all that to try and put thoughts into people's minds and hearts. And you're there with the helmet of salvation. I live by the word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written. Yea, hath God said? Yes, he has. And this is what he said. And we quote the word of God and walk on in victory and walk on in the life and power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Jenna.